Ephesians 4, 7 to 16. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is his precious word. Thanks very much, Freddie. Um, as you know, we normally go through uh, books of the Bible, but um, right now we're doing a topical series on what uh, membership is. Um, but I think uh, if ha- having um, Ephesians 4 open in front of you, I think will help us um, because I'll make a few references um, to it. But uh, let's pray that God will speak to us this morning. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks that you have created this church by your word. And now we pray that you will speak to us and that you will build us up. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure you've all heard this saying, don't come to church, but be the church. And that's what Niels has been saying in the past three weeks, that the church is a community of people who are committed to each other to knowing each other, to discipling each other, to disciplining each other, to seek after one another if one of us gets lost. We don't come to church, but we are really the church. But if the church is actually the relationships between us, between other Christians, then why do we come on Sunday? What are we doing on Sundays? Why uh, is what we do here important? Well, there is a biblical command about the Sabbath, isn't there? Sabbath to rest and to remember. But why not rest alone? You might get a much better sleep alone. Why not listen to a sermon at home? Why not make the why effort? Why make the effort to come to church? Many of us come to church because we still think like the old Israelites. In the Old Testament, the Israelites had to go to the temple in Jerusalem in order to worship because God couldn't be with his holy, I mean, God, holy God couldn't be with his sinful people all around, the, uh, all around Israel. So God promised to be in one place where the sacrifices for sin is offered, where there is a priest, an intermediary between God and the people. So they had to gather together in the temple. And this is how we often think about going to church, that we come 
to meet God here, to offer sacrifices to God. And sometimes music leaders and the service leaders give you that impression that we are somehow intermediators between God and us here. That we're somehow priests who are ushering in, ushering the people into God's presence. But the church is not a temple. God doesn't live in a building, and we don't come to church to meet God. When Jesus died on the cross, he removed all barrier, the sin and its penalty, death, away from us. And because of that death, because Jesus died that death, he became the ultimate sacrifice. You can meet God anywhere. There's no sacred space. There's no, uh, the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem is no, no more sacred than this whole. You can meet God wherever you are. Wherever Christians are, you, you have God in your hearts through the Holy Spirit. So why do we then come to church? Why was it that on that day, when the, on the day of the Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the early believers, the Spirit-filled people met together and didn't go their separate ways? Why do we come well, I think one of the main reasons why we come has to be to eat God's word together. We come for God to build us up through his word because we are dependent on God and God's word in every way. God's word is central to our meeting. We became Christian, Christians by hearing God's word. In Ephesians, Ephesians 1.13, Paul says, we were included in Christ when we heard the message, the word of the truth, the gospel of our salvation. And we grow together by feeding on God's word as well. We grow by speaking the truth in love. And that truth is not just speaking like your hair is uh, 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 not so great today. That's not the truth here. This truth that he's talking about here is truth of God's word together to each other. God's word has given birth to church and it sustains the church and it directs the church. It renews and sanctifies it. We come then here to hear God's word preached. You might be asking then, why preaching? Why not just gather around in a Bible study well, one of the big reasons, it seems to me, is that is because God thought that this was a good idea. God has gifted some and set apart some to teach God's word. It's there in the Bible, isn't there? Listen to today's reading in verses 11 and 12. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. These people are appointed by God to teach God's word, right? All, the, all, all these varied offices, the one thing they have in common is that they are teachers of God's word. The prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors. This is why Paul commands his young pastor, Timothy, to do as he... Uh, this is uh, As Paul passes on his ministry to Timothy, this is what he instructs the next generation of teachers to do. The thing that you have heard me saying in the presence of my, many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. 
2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. The elders, the priests, the bishops, teachers, pastors, whatever we call them, one of their main job is to shepherd God's people through the teaching of God's word. In a sense, that's what we do actually through the sacrament, through the communion as well. St. Augustine said that the sacraments are visible words, words that you can see, um, which means that the sacraments speak as well. It builds us up. It's a different way of hearing the gospel. I haven't preached in a while, so, which means I haven't uh, quoted John Stott for a while, so here's John Stott because he put it the best. Um, both word and sacrament bear witness to Christ. Both promise salvation in Christ. Both quicken our faith in Christ. Both enable us to feed on Christ in our hearts. The major difference between them is that the message of one is directed to the eye and the other to the ear. So the sacraments need the word to interpret them. The ministry of the word and sacrament is a single ministry. The word proclaiming and the sacrament, sacraments dramatizing God's promises. As we eat the communion bread and drink the wine, we are seeing God's word being spoken, God's word building us up. So on Sundays, we come for the food, to eat together, for God to build us up as a church together. You might be thinking, Hugh, you're not that great of a preacher. I like listening to other preachers, Um, Tim Keller, John Piper. Why why do you think it's so important that we listen to you? Well, I think you are right. There are many, many better preachers, even in Hong Kong. And I sometimes feel sorry that you have to listen to so much of my voice. But I really, when I listen to my sermons, I really dislike hearing it because I pick up all the bad things that I've said. But here's the thing. God and you have called me to be your pastor. And God is interested in growing this community together. So in each church, pastors are called and appointed to preach so that the church could be built up together. And when you join as a member, what you're saying is that in part, what you're saying is I want to submit to that teaching. I want to grow together under that teaching. This is why submission to pastors and teachers are encouraged, in the, are commanded in the Bible. And it's great that some of you listen to other preachers during the week, and we should. I do as well. But when we come together, we discuss this text. We discuss this sermon. Because this is what God is doing in Shatin Church. So I do ask you to listen to these sermons when you're away. Not because it makes me feel good that you are hearing these sermons, but because you have called me to be your teacher, to be your pastor. And these words are what God has put in front of our community together. And that is why I love for you to listen to it, because you are a member of this community, and we are a community that is learning together. So I hope, once again, after the sermon is gone, done, you go downstairs and teach that speak God's word, that that truth to each other, that we continue the process of learning. But having said that, we don't come just for the food only. 
Uh, Niels put it really well in our sermon prep time. We have these sermon prep times on Thursday mornings. He said the coming on Sundays for preaching or the music only is like going to family dinner just for the food. You know, I just went to a Chinese New Year um, with Mary's family dinner together. Um, and we don't go just for the food, don't we? Actually, it's in some ways an excuse to meet together with other, other family members. We meet around the food, yes, but we go for the fellowship. We go to deepen our relationship. We go because it's a chance for us to catch up with one another. Because we go because we're a family. And God has gifted then us, each one of us, to serve each other as a family. We have different roles. And we are to serve and work together as one body. And once again, take a look at our text today in verse 7. But to each one of us, grace, or that word is gift, has been given as Christ apportioned it. The pastors use their gift to build up the church, verse 12, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Then we speak, in verse 15, the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, we are to grow together as we use the gifts that God has given us to the, uh, to the, uh, to the other members of this body. To build each other, we come to build each other up in service of one another. Even the Sunday service depends upon you exercising your gift, doesn't it? I can exercise my gift today because you've given the gift of giving. So I don't have to work another job to do this. Um, I don't have to focus on the money side of the church because Irene and Joyce handle uh, that side. Some of you are here because when you are um, discouraged, some of your links members went and visited you and you were encouraged what you felt well enough to come to church. Today, you'll be able to sing together because of the music team and PA team came at 8 o'clock and set it up and practiced. And if you go downstairs today, there are refreshments because some of us are exercising the gift of hospitality for each other. Children and youth are being served right now because some of us, with the gift of teaching, are serving the kids and teaching the kids. The church is about one another. Think about all the passages that talk about one another. Love one another, encourage one another, spur one another on, offer hospitality to one another, teach and admonish one another, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, greet one another, serve one another in love. One of the reasons why we come to church, why we belong to the church, is so that we can use the gifts that God has given us for the service of each other, to build each other up. We aren't to be consumers when we come to church. We are to be workers. We are to be members. Take another passage about meeting together, the famous passage in Hebrews 10, 24-25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but, but encouraging one another. It's let us serve one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. You know, the Hebrews writer could have said, 
Make sure you keep meeting otherwise because your, your faith will fall away. Your faith will die. The focus could have been on you, but that's not where the focus is in this text. The emphasis is in the other direction. He says, keep on meeting with others, not for your sake, but really because survival of other people's uh, faith depends on it. Because other people need your encouragements. Other people need you to be there. That's why we keep on meeting together, not just for myself, but for others to encourage others. So keep meeting each other. And you might be asking then, once again, why not just do this in links, in small groups? After all, it's hard to get to know everybody in this church, in the morning service, even the size of our church. How about our relationship with other Christians also in in Hong Kong, other churches, and other denominations, aren't we supposed to somehow meet together with others? And I want to say yes to all of that. Yes, it is important that we meet in small groups. Yes, it's important that you belong to a small group like Links, Men's and Women's Group, 20s and 30s, and other small groups because they're indispensable of being a church. But it seems to me, that also God wants to show that the church is greater than 10 to 15 people. That God is not just saving these little groups, but God is creating a new society together. And that's what the church is a reflection of. The church is God's new society. And that's why, once again, I think the Bible anticipates the growth of the church from 10 to 15 to a bigger thing because Pastors, elders, deacons, bishops, then appointed, anticipating a greater number coming together. Greater number of people, of people of many different races, personalities, gender and age, spiritual maturities, they come together. And church, then, is a representation of what God is doing all around the world. And so it's important that the church here is diverse in these ways. And so then we must, time to time, meet together as the big family that God is creating. And we also do need to meet with other Christians of other local churches as well. Uh, the church is greater than Shatin Anglican Church. The church, um, we express this partly by belonging to a denomination, uh, the Anglican Church. But we also participate with, uh, we do things together with other churches, don't we? So during the Lenten season, for example, we will participate in the Hong Kong-wide Lent program or by hosting like EMU conference or things like this. But all these things must be done, meeting with other churches, bigger groups, without sacrificing the, res- re- the responsibility and the relationship that God has given us in the local church. After all, the things that the Bible commands us to do, to encourage, to exhort, to meet the needs, to love each other, to, uh, to care for one another, and discipline are the things that only the local church can really do. So on Sundays, we come to hear from God. We come to encourage each other, to use, of our, to use our gifts, and of course, then the natural consequence of meeting together then is praise and prayer. Um, when God, because God has saved us and brought us together, as we recount what God has done, we praise. Some people believe 
I think that uh, wrongly, that prayer and praise is the main reason why they come to church. That's not true. Once again, I think that is in the sort of the Old Testament mind setting. Uh, our praises aren't sacrifices, and God isn't an egomaniac who, who, who's addicted to our praise. And often we equate worship with singing. I want us to move away from that thinking too. Worship isn't something that we do on Sunday mornings. Worship is something that we do with our lives as we offer ourselves all that we have to God. You know, I, I don't know if you know the song, Come Now is the Time to Worship. It was really, it was really big in the 90s. Come now is the time to worship. Yep. And often we sung that in the beginning of the, uh, the, the service as a call to worship. But if you think about it, actually, it might be just as appropriate at the end of the service as we go out to our different networks. It's time to worship, not just here, because worship isn't something that's, that just happens in the, in, the, in, the, in the church. The worship is as we give our lives as living sacrifice. It's what happens out there. And singing also isn't a way of meeting God either. The service or the music leaders aren't Old Testament priests who usher people into the Holy of Holies. No. God is in our midst. His presence has nothing to do with how, whether we emotionally feel connected to God or not. It has everything to do with what Christ has done for us. Jesus is in our midst whenever we meet together because what Christ has done for us, God is in our midst. So we don't come to church to meet God. We don't come to church to offer sacrifices. It's not necessary anymore. But we come because as Christians meet together, we want to sing. We come because as we recount what God has done for us as a group, we are moved to sing. Right? This is what C.S. Lewis so helpfully explained. We sing because we're saved people as we gather I think this is one thing that marks Christianity from all other religions is joy. Because from the very beginning to the end, Christianity is about what God has done for each one of us. Right? If you go to Hinduism or whatever tem- other temples, it's about what you have to do for God. Right? It's not marked by that joy of singing. But Christian worship, Christian meetings together is marked by singing because we are about what God has done for each one of us. That's why we sing. We offer, we sing because we want to sing together. So part of what we do is singing. It's a way of expressing our shared joy of knowing and being sustained and directed and guided by God. But also, I want to say, singing is actually directed to one another as well. Singing is a way of reminding each other of the truth that we've come to know. A famous passage from Colossians, Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. We're to let... God's word dwell among us richly. 
And we do this by teaching, admonishing, by, but also by singing. Singing hymns, spiritual songs, is, is a way of letting God's truth dwell among us richly. It's a way of teaching and admonishing one another. If you think about the songs and the way that it admonishes us, it's astonishing, right? The things that I can say, things that we can say, that you are happy to sing along as, as, as long as there's a music behind it. It is a powerful way of speaking God's truth. This is why it's important that we sing the right songs. We sing songs that reflect God's truth. But we also come than to pray to God on Sundays as well. And there is a reason why we, this corporate prayer is important. There is a reason why I think we've been encouraging you to come to uh, corporate prayers on, on, on uh, Friday evening um, monthly prayer meeting as well. Because what do you normally pray for when you are at home? For the most part, I think most of us, it's our, the things that we want things that fill our desires, the things that we are worried about, our family, uh, my job, or whatever it is. But when we come corporately, once again, we are expressing that we are a body of Christ, that we pray for other members of the church. We pray for other churches. We pray for the persecuted world and Christians all around the world because we are a church together. We are the universal church together. We are one body together, and we express that in the church, in the corporate prayers of the church. So we come to hear God's word. We come um, to serve one another, to meet with one another, to encourage one another. And as we come together, we pray to God and we sing to God. A couple of weeks ago, um, someone flew uh, from a different country. He took a very early flight on Sunday morning so he could come and join us in the church. When I asked him why, why did you do that? He said, well, I like church, (laughs) he said. You know, I know that our church isn't perfect. It's far from perfection. But if you find a perfect church, you shouldn't join it because you will ruin it. You'll ruin it because we're all sinful. All of us are sinful. None of, none of these churches are perfect. But when we are committed to the church, to the relationship that God has forged among us, we will come to cherish it because church isn't something that I thought of because I needed a job. The church is at the heart of God's plan of salvation, something that God is doing all over the world. And Shatin Church is just one expression of that. You think about the new creation. Think about heaven, the new creation. No one there in the new creation is alone. The people there are gathered together. They live together together. They grow together. They serve one another. They love each other. They sing together. They pray together. And that's why we come on Sundays, because God is preparing us for that eternity. And because Shatin Church, with all its visible faults, 
are an expression, a visible expression of that heavenly reality. Let's pray together. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks that we are no longer individuals. Lord, that our faith isn't just mine, but it is ours. We thank you that you are creating a new society, that you are restoring relationships, that you are building your uh, people who are ready to love each other, to live with each other, to work together, to pray together, to serve one another. Lord, we recognize this is what you are doing. And help us, help Shatin Church to be that church, to be an expression of that heavenly fellowship. Fill us with your spirit that we may be the church that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.